Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we're here to kick off 2023. Happy New yes! Year. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I love a fresh, clean slate for a new year. There's just something about it that's kind of magical. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's it's a great time to take a heads-up look at what you want to have happen in the coming year. So uh, that's what we're going to do today. We did it last year. We're doing it again this year. It'll probably be an annual thing for us. Maybe we did it the year before that. but Yeah, we might have called it something else, but I think we did. <laughs> probably. Um, okay, so the for me, this is the time of year when I... Um, kind of make a final decision on the strategy that I'm going to use for the year. So I've been thinking about it, um, oh, you know, off and on, it'll occur to me as the year wraps up, the previous year wraps up. I'm like, ah, what am I going to do next year? How did, how did this year go? You know, how did I do with my strategy for this year? And what makes sense to do for next year? Should I shift? I usually do. And uh, should I shift to something else? And if so, what? And maybe there's a couple of candidate things. This year, it was pretty obvious for me what it was going to be. And then in January, I just sort of, it's like, okay, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. And pretty much stick with it for the year. I, I, I mean, the I think. The year of automation? Yes, that was 2022. And mm -hmm. now, interestingly, so sort of postmortem, there were a load of tactics that I, you know, have a list of my sort of strategic uh, objective and my, my, to do's really for the year. Like, what are the actions I'm going to take? What are the tactics that, that I'm going to take? This is for 2022 that fall out of the idea of automating all the things, you know, like creating robots instead of employees, instead of hiring employees or VAs. And it was a long list and I did not get to all of it for sure. Uh, but I did get to the most, I sort of started at the, the most tedious and error prone things and worked down the list from there. And for me, the most tedious error prone thing was doing launches for my workshops mm. because there's a lot of there's like a week or two of lead up to it and then there's the you know the opening and closing the website and making sure the dates are right and getting the rss feeds for the lessons with it's just like a lot of date stuff a lot of date mm -hmm. sensitive stuff and um and i know i did it because two times last year i accidentally ran a workshop <laughs> <laughs> Like one time I, I ran an entire workshop ran by itself. No one signed up for it or anything. I mean, like I didn't announce it because that piece wasn't automated at the time, but I went into the Slack room to set it up for uh, an upcoming, the upcoming session. And I was like, wait a minute, these lessons are like pretty new. And then I realized that like the workshop ran itself with no, like a ghost workshop ran. I was like, oh, that's awesome. It totally worked without me doing a single thing. I mean, it, it, you know, I didn't make any money from it. No one joined it. No one benefited from it. <laughs> um, and then it happened again later in the year when I had uh, automated more stuff. Like on a Friday, I get a notification that, you know, t you know, I get these notifications from Stripe like, oh, you know, email address just paid you $245. I'm like, $245? That sounds like a workshop. I wasn't planning on running a workshop this <laughs> month. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, man. Uh, it happened again, so I, so I did I did fix that me being surprised by my own workshops launching. <laughs> I, I gotta, you just gotta love that though. It's great. It's I, it was like wow. It was like I had a team of people that that just did what they were supposed to do, and and it's like all the only thing left to me was to like 
like the ball I dropped was uh, the announcements weren't automated. So I fixed that mm. and now it'll just automatically and I'll be one of the people that are, hears about it. <laughs> oh, I've got a workshop coming up. Oh, that's what I'm doing the next two weeks. Yeah, exactly. So that's super exciting. There's other things that I, uh, other things that I, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff I automated, some other things that I didn't, that would be kind of nice to have. Maybe I'll do later. But with that stuff in place, I was like, all right, for 2023, like my, yeah, like I said, there might be some things that I continue to, to noodle on because it is fun to, for me to build those things. But uh, that's not my strategy for 2023. Uh, for 2023, with all that machinery in place, it's going to be about, Awareness, spreading awareness and doing the stuff that only I can do to do that. So things like uh, going on, uh, like getting much more, uh, much more organized and disciplined about going on other people's podcasts, getting mm -hmm. on um, bigger shows, perhaps maybe shows in different spaces. Maybe I do more like, like I've been on a couple of architecture shows and, and, uh, and sales shows and photographer sort of business shows. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll branch out into more of those, spread the word to other communities. And, and if something resonates, then everything's in place for really zero incremental cost for me. Everything's in place for them to either join my mailing list or listen to the podcast or sign up for a workshop and continue to fund the mission with the workshops and be able to just reach more people and then serve them in a way that, isn't going to overwhelm me. And what's wild about a strategy is that when you pick one, you kind of know you've you've picked a strategy. So if you're not like super clear on what a strategy is, you kind of know you picked one when or if, if you're deciding between two different ones that as you imagine like, okay, if my strategy for the year is automation, what does my to do list look like? And then if my strategy for the year is awareness, increasing awareness, it's a completely different to-do list. I'll say. Right? And so like all of the all of the things that are on both to-do lists are things that um, are smart or make sense, but only in the you know, but but if they're not in the context of a strategy, you can pick stuff kind of from both lists. So like, oh, I should be doing paid ads and SEO, but I should also be automating my workshops and it's like, well, wait a second. Like or is this is this uh, am I kind of doing something out? Am I doing things out of order? Let's say I do increase awareness, but I can't handle the influx of of students or something like that. Or um, maybe the strategy, like you can create, you can, if you don't have a strategy, you can do a hundred different tactics that all worked for somebody. Like you read a blog post about how SEO worked for somebody or how paid ads work for somebody or how masterminds work for somebody and just copy the tactic. But without the strategy, it, it's, you're probably just going one inch in every direction yeah. and not going to make just any falls progress. flat. Yeah. It doesn't, re it doesn't, it doesn't vibrate. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't like, mm -hmm. like all of the, it's just out of tune yeah. and dissonant. So, yeah. So for me, the, the, the maybe shocking thing for me and perhaps the listener, if you've been following my stuff for a while, is there a whole bunch of tactics on my list for 2023 that I've never done before? And it's not that I've ever necessarily been against them but they're just not important for me at the time previously but now it's to the point where i don't know something like pr makes sense like if the if the 
if the strategy is increased mm-hmm. awareness, then I've never done P. I mean, I, I'm sitting here. You can't see the look on my face. I'm like, what? <laughs> I right? love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, it's in service to the strategy. If right. it is, it makes sense. Right. In theory, paid ads would make sense. In theory, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, doing one of those pay to play Forbes things might make sense. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but but if that's the strategy for the year, you know, the objective being like, I don't know, say double the audience, right? And the strategy is, okay, increase awareness to double the audience. All right. Um, the list of things that I would do is just, just so dramatically different than 2022 or any other year previous, you know, since back, going back to whenever, whenever I started my business, uh, which is what I think is so fascinating about, or so useful, I should say, about having an objective, picking a strategy, and and then and then saying, okay, what are my to dos? Like, what are the action items from this? Right. It's like a filtering system because there's a gazillion things we can do in any moment, and yep. if we constantly have that in our heads and we're filtering through it, we're much more likely to be productive in whichever tactics we choose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sun Tzu said. Tactics in absence of strategy is the noise before defeat. <laughs> Which I, Whoa, I love. that's very yeah. profound. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's tactics without strategy is a disaster. It's like it could accidentally work. It did accidentally work for me when I was copying my previous my previous and last boss because he had a strategy and I had the same strategy without knowing it. But so copying the tactics gave me the same result. So I was just sort of blindly doing it, um, you know, write books, speak at conferences. That was the whole, <laughs> that yeah. was the whole thing. Yeah. That's, well, that's an authority model. Yeah. And those, those were the two tactics. Full and add, stop. add consult, but that was probably, you were probably already doing that. Yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. That was, but like my, my lead gen was purely, or biz dev was purely write books, speak at conferences. Yep. Period. Yeah. And it worked because I was I had the same objective that he had when he was doing that, and I saw it was working for him. So I was like, okay, that works. But yeah, it's, and it's, and, it, and the listener can hear how profound that feels when you say it. Okay, my strategy was write books, speak at conferences. I mean, <laughs> it, it's it, and it doesn't matter what your version of that is, but when you can get it to that very simple filter, does this help me write books or speak at conferences? It makes your choices so much easier oh yeah how does this tactic how does the first tactic the seventh the tenth how do those help me get there and then you can make a value judgment about which one will get you there the fastest or that you like doing the most so Mm -hmm. it won't be painful i mean yeah and tactics tactics are meant to or not meant to but it's okay if tactics if you abandon them and change them and tweak them because you've got a test that you can run about you've got this litmus test of the strategy itself to say okay does this align with the strategy and it does you might not know if it's going to work if you're going to like it but you can start doing it and say you know what i hate this i hate doing paid ads or i hate doing seo or i hate doing keyword research maybe i'll outsource it but you know maybe i'll just switch to a different tactic that is still aligned with the strategy and drives toward the same goal but is less costly in time money stress emotion whatever uh, so you can change tactics quite a bit. You, it's usually a bad sign if you're changing strategy often, but you can sometimes have a failing strategy that you have proven to yourself is not going to work. Um, and, and you might change a strategy. You know, 
in theory, I could say in six months, maybe I would say, you know what, this, this was a, a mistake, but it's, I, that should be pretty rare. Like you'd I, probably change the tactics if you thought it was a mistake. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, it, that's the thing about, about doing uh, work with clients, project work with clients and value pricing it based on the outcome that they want. People don't change the outcomes that they want that often. It's not the kind of thing you're going to say, you know what? I don't want to be a millionaire. I want to, I want to <laughs> save the world. It, it just doesn't change on a dime usually. It's a little bit more glacial, those kinds of changes. So it would be a little bit strange if your strategy was changing. If you were thrashing on a strategy, uh, that, that would be, that's usually a very inefficient, wasteful thing to have happen. Well, there's also an idea, the idea of thinking about these as themes. Sometimes that's how I look at it because, you know, I have an overarching strategy of who I serve, but I might have a theme for the year. Mm-hmm. Like um, this year, 2022, should be careful how I say this because this is coming in 2023. In 2022... It was really the year of, for me of reaching out to women. I wanted to have an offering that was just for women in the soloist space. And so I did a lot of research around that. Um, I did the first mastermind, kicked that off in April. And I probably talked one-to-one with maybe 100 women soloists over the mm. course of maybe seven or eight months, something like that. And um, And as the year went by my audience told me what they wanted and it was really cool because I had a lot of, I have a lot of men in my audience. Right. And, um, and they're like, we want a mastermind. We want one too. (laughs) (laughs) We want to be with our peers in this kind of setting. And so now 2023 is for me, it's really about being able to have more impact by working deeply with groups of soloists, you know, 100K plus soloists. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter what gender they are. I will continue to have a one just for women and I will have one for anyone who, who meets the, you know, the, the income and the desire characteristics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it's, for me that's like a theme, but it does change the decisions I make. It changes how I interact with people. Um, I'm still jiggering a little bit with um, how a couple of these pieces fit together. I think there's another offering in here somewhere. I'm not sure if it's a paid or a free offering, but to tie this all in. But it's given me a structure, right, that I can filter every decision through if I take three seconds to do that in the moment, right? (laughs) Right. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's it's a big difference between growing an audience and going deeper with those that you have. Yeah, I was it's, just I mean, going to say that. Like, notice yeah. the difference. Like, dear yeah. listener, notice the difference. Like, where Rochelle is talking about going deeper and I'm talking about going broader. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, and it will change all of your decisions. You know? like Absolutely. I, it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. There's there There is an argument to be made that it would make sense for me to replace my one-on-ones with masterminds because that would be more impact for more people, right? But I wouldn't replace mm-hmm. my Ditcherville community with mastermind because no. that would be going backwards. You know, it, it would be fewer. So I guess the choice is like, I'm going for quantity, you're going for quality in, in that if you want to really oversimplify it. Well, and it's also, I'm sure you've thought of this too. It's like, what what feels like it's the best use of my talents? And mm-hmm. I could see the changes when we go deep 
I could see the level of change, the level of impact being so much greater. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I live for that. <laughs> I yeah. live to see those those giant ahas. And the, the momentary ahas are great too, but it's the glacial, the things that people thought were going to be glacial and all of a sudden they're like really fast because right. the person's changed their mindset and they're surrounded by peers who are encouraging them through their own experiences. Mm-hmm. It's that peer-to-peer learning you think is really critical. Yep. Yeah, and I see. I definitely see that inside the workshops where people really bond, and they they're. It's. I feel like I'm facilitating half the time, or or you know, if somebody's like, um, just needs. They're they're right there, you know, like, and the the group is kind of like on the right track and they're sensing it, but it's it's not landing or something. And it's like, well, what if you think about it like this, you know? So you just with the workshops. And I'm sure it's similar with the mastermind. I mean, I don't imagine that I don't really know, but I don't imagine that you're just it's not like it's not like you on stage and be like, okay, here's what we're going to learn today. Like, no, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's the the answers are in them, as we (laughs) said, I think, last episode. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to bring them out. Right. So, dear listener, it makes it makes it, it raises the question. What might your strategy be for 2023? And that starts with with setting an objective. And once you have a pretty clear objective, then you can probably come up with maybe three different, you know, year-long themes. I like the idea of calling it a theme. Year-long themes or like area of things you're going to focus on or um, uh, something that is going to drive all of your actions, give you a, a way to distinguish between opportunities and distractions, some kind of test that you can use to filter all of your potential to-dos through and track that over the course of the year. And at the end of the year, you can kind of look back and say like, oh, you know, how did that work? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's yeah. a obviously I can't say like, oh, and I, and I think you'll find that it did work because who knows it might not, it, it can fail, but it's pro it's definitely better. I will, I will go out on a limb and say it's definitely better than randomly throwing a bunch of tactics <laughs> in a bag. That's a real short limb. <laughs> well, it's a little bit like, you know, in the Chinese system, you have like the year of the ox, the year of the dog, you know, it's like, what's this going to be the year of? And mm. What I like about that is that it tends to sharpen your thinking really quickly. So if you start to go down a rabbit hole, you can snap yourself back. Yep. It's like, oh, how does this help me in the year of automation? How does this help me in <laughs> right. the year of masterminds, right? How does this help me in the year of, um, what did you call it, awareness? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a million things. There's no end of things you could do. So how do you pick the ones? And it's, yeah. I, I think the... The answer is by having a strategy that that is likely to or has the possibility of achieving your objective. And a lot of people get hung up on strategy. Like so let's so let me It let's feels back intimidating, I think. Yeah, and it it's I mean, just look look around. I mean, people interchange the words strategy and tactics. They're like synonymous, used synonymously all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or the you know, strategic planning is an oxymoron. It doesn't it's like you can plan based on a strategy, but but strategic, like a strategic planning meeting to set a strategy doesn't even make sense. Like a strategy, a strategy ha- automatically has risk. It can fail. If it, if your strategy can't fail, it's not a strategy. 
if it's something that if it's something that everyone would do or like no one would not do or no one would not agree with then it's not a strategy like we're going to be the best customer service organization on the planet it's like that's not really a strategy because everyone would think yeah it's a great mission. idea yeah right it's it's a different it's a different thing it could be an objective or a mission or a vision or something like that yeah but what's the strategy like so I don't know if we want to get into the definition of strategy, but yeah, we're going to get caught in the weeds with that. I yeah. think. But you can look up, I, I have a, a blog post where I go pretty far into the weeds about, I think it's called a more useful definition of strategy because there are a lot of correct, I think correct definitions out there. Like strategy is what not to do. It's like, yeah, that's correct. But I don't find it that useful for people that don't already know what a strategy is. So maybe we can link it to the show notes to that but it goes into a very very specific definition that i that i've kind of cobbled together from a couple of sources in, including good strategy bad strategy by richard rumelt which is a great book very dense but very good book and you know understanding what that is understanding what a strategy is will be very helpful in this exercise and it'll also be very helpful if you're thinking about selling strategic services because then you'll actually know what you're selling <laughs> which is nice <laughs> we'll put a link in the show notes yeah, to both of those things, that'd be great. So, what are so so? If your uh, strategy uh, for the year is deeper impact, what are some of the tactics that naturally fall out of that? Do you think? Just to give oh, people this, examples. Yeah, sure. Um, well, one is that I pay more attention to LinkedIn and reaching out to people that I already know to see what they're doing. Like I in email, I can broadcast to them, but I don't really know what they're thinking and what they're doing without checking in. And so do I want to make a hundred phone calls? Probably not. My business model is not really set up that way. Um, but so I use LinkedIn as a proxy for that. What are people working on? What are the buzzwords they're using? What are the challenges that they're facing? So that would be one example. And um, independent of what's been happening on Twitter lately, that kind of information is much deeper on LinkedIn than it is on Twitter. So mm -hmm. it changed my social media strategy um, pretty significantly, I think. Yeah, yep. Yeah, same here. I mean, like I've been off social, like barely been on Twitter, which is my favorite one. Um, and yeah, Twitter I, was fun. Yeah, and it, it's I've barely been on it. I have been like all of my profiles say email me. I don't check social media, and you know. But now with this sort of switch, in, instantaneously for me in 2023, it would make sense if I can stomach it to you know, post on Instagram, get be more active on LinkedIn, um, take my well. Actually, Twitter. If you're going to use media, Twitter has been i mean who knows what i mean it's like a train wreck at the moment but twitter yeah. is where you want to go for media everybody's there that's true if you're mm -hmm. looking at media awareness it, and and this has been historic i i really i, I just don't know mm -hmm. how that's yeah, gonna work but i haven't happen. seen media people leaving in droves i've seen celebrities say that's it i'm out of here right. and a few experts have done the same but uh, i haven't seen that in the case of media Right. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. There's so many weird changes that seem to be afoot or who knows if they'll ever come to fruition. But um, but just in generally speaking, being more active and interactive, like really on the platforms would make sense for, you know, in a in a year where I'm trying to increase awareness of stuff that's built and like get the message out. Social is the obvious place. So it could be 
uh, I mean, I'm, I would for sure, I get a, a lot of activity from a younger crowd on YouTube. And one of the things I'd like to do is reach a younger crowd. So it seems like a no brainer to do more short form content on YouTube. Probably not TikTok, but it, I wouldn't rule it out. You know, um, it, it's like go to where the eyeballs are and decide what eyeballs you're trying to reach and then go to where they are already placing their attention. And so social media will probably be a big, um, a big factor. How I will do that remains to be seen. Will it be automated? Will it be VA assisted? What, like what, what will it, what would it look like? Yeah. I don't know what platforms, what kind of content? I don't know, but that's the truly tactical. Yeah. Yeah. It gets super tactical there, but so I'll just experiment with different things and say like, okay, this, I can make this frictionless and effective because right now I've got frictional social media stuff happening, but it's not effective at all. It's, yeah, it's, it's broadcast, right? Yeah, it's just broadcast. It's like syndicated yeah. content almost. And it just like gets almost no engagement. And and I know why. Because <laughs> the <laughs> platforms don't reward that kind of behavior. So it's like, okay, which platform will reward a behavior that, that I can either outsource, probably not, um, but we'll see. Or what what can I what can I do that's effective and frictionless and that probably is going to be only a handful of platforms not all of them gary b style but we'll see who knows uh, so social be big like i mentioned pr already i never i never would normally think about pr but surely that would be uh, a, so when you say approach. pr do you think of that as like self-driven or you think you go find yourself a pr expert that's everything's open um i mean i've been on help a reporter out before and and it didn't not work i mean i wouldn't say that it I wouldn't say that I got much out of it, but it did get me in like the Wall Street Journal and other things like that, you know, quoted in places. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, you know, I didn't do it regularly. Um, so it wasn't, I don't know if it wasn't a fair experiment. It didn't seem to work in terms of like downstream results. No one ever came to me. It's like, oh, I saw your name in the Wall Street Journal. It's like, <laughs> that know. one time <laughs> yeah exactly it's like, it feels so good when you get it I mean it really does yes but yeah it yes. doesn't always result in you know some sort of measurable action right so for me it's probably it would probably look less like Matt trying to get into mass media and more like trying to get into trade associations uh, publications that sort of thing mm -hmm. um, more speaking engagements you know like like Virtual, I still, I don't know if I, I just flying around just doesn't scale for me, but, but I wouldn't completely rule it out, but that would be a very, I would need to get paid for that. I would not be doing that for, for low dough, but yeah, you know, speaking at a virtual summit for, a, you know, trade association of architects or photographers or uh, somebody else, lawyers, somebody else that bills by the hour, I'm going to be all about that. Um, mm -hmm. Getting into, I don't know if a, if PR, I mean, it's, it's right in the name public relations. It's not really public. It'd be more like association relations or. Well, there's specific PR people that specialize in that kind of stuff. You just, if you want to hire out or you just make your own plan and do it, you could hire a v, VA, a, the right VA, you know, somebody mm -hmm. who's fairly sophisticated with media, but you could hire somebody to do that at your direction. Yeah. So that's, that's a, something I will almost surely experiment with. Um, and, 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 Paid ads, which is something that <laughs> I want to watch that if you do those. <laughs> I've done it before, and it's it's not that they don't work. I like I love the the sort of automated A B um, 
capabilities or the feature, the, the AB feature of it, where you can say, all right, I've got like six different ways that I say this, which one resonates with the most people who are in this kind of situation and let Facebook figure it out or let LinkedIn figure it out, mm-hmm. or let Google figure yeah. it out. And that's, that's very interesting to me personally, because it's, you know, I just swipe a credit card and it takes care of the rest. So I don't have to manage anybody. Um, right. You know, it's not my favorite thing. It's sort of interruption marketing. But I do believe that there's value for the right people. So if I can do that, if I can get the targeting right, then it could be very effective to, you know, just even if I just get people to sign up for my free list, which is probably what I would try and do, you know, get them onto uh, some kind of a lead magnet, you know, like an email course or something, something but, free. You know, it's interesting, and you've probably done this already, but in Instagram, and there's so many ads in Instagram, and mm-hmm. a lot of them are really, really well done. Mm-hmm. I click on a way higher percentage of ads in Instagram than I ever did on any platform. So mm-hmm. if your people are there, and that's, you know, an open question probably, but I right. mean, I would look there for some examples of ads that interrupt, but are a welcome interruption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know I've been told many times by people who are like, oh, like I can't believe you're not on Instagram. Like designers really need to hear this, and they're on Instagram a lot. You should at least put the comics on Instagram. And I'm like, I get it, but Instagram makes it really, really hard to do what I want to do, which mm-hmm. is, you know, not be on Instagram all day. So it's. But like, you know what, though, that that's a really, really good point. Because so what somebody in your situation winds up doing is you decide what's more important that it be frictionless or that it build towards your goal of awareness and you right. might you know your sub um objective might be all right i need to build awareness but there can't be a lot of friction in it therefore you know right or maybe um, their instagram pieces. won't make the cut right so we'll see i mean youtube feels very natural to me it feels like twitter does um mm-hmm. but you know, I know the audience is very different. Like the demographically, at least the makeup is very different. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's overwhelmingly male, first of all. Right. Um, and overwhelmingly like uh, 18 to 35 or whatever it is. So, you know, there's a message that I would put there that's different than the message I would put on uh, Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever else. So we'll see. It could be that it could be that parts of my awareness year are, are, are un, you know, I can't WD 40 them. I can't make them, frictionless. <laughs> but everything after the awareness piece is frictionless. Right. So maybe, um, maybe that's a concession I have to make right. It's like, a, like the automation year was a hundred percent all about frictionless and I'm generally all about frictionless, but you know, if I experiment with, let's just say I experimented with Instagram, which is the one feels like the one that's right at it feels like the one would give me a lot of bang, but it's also a lot of buck, if you see what I mean. Yeah, measured in your time versus right. money. But yeah. Right. Well, so, you know, it's interesting because you could you could try the frictionless one first just because it sounds like it feels like you know who they are and you know how to talk to them. Right. And, you know, if that works and gets you towards your goals, great. And if it doesn't, then you work up in level of complexity and friction, right? Yeah, exactly. And who knows? Maybe there's something between YouTube and Instagram. I don't know. Right, right. Maybe it's TikTok. Maybe it is. I mean, you know, part of my overall mission 
does kind of point me to reaching people who are younger and younger and younger. I even, I even like have a, a children's book sketched out that, that like illustrates the insanity of hourly billing. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, it's smart to kind of, instead of trying to undo years of, of hourly billing mentality, it's like, what if I catch people before they start doing it and they yeah. never do it? That seems like it would be more in line with my mission. So, okay. I maybe I should probably skew younger. Like I can help people who are 45 and have been running their own firm for 15 years, but would I have a bigger impact, you know, reaching college students who, you know, are about to go out on the, maybe, maybe get a job and do that for a little while and then go solo. So like my most popular video on YouTube, which is a younger audience by a mile is the title, something like getting started in consulting mm-hmm. by a mile. And, yeah. you know, so Anyway, so that's, you know, we'll see whatever. I mean, it would kind of kind of getting probably too far down the rabbit hole here. But but these are the kinds of things that I absolutely did not at all spend one minute thinking about last year because yes. it's just not relevant. But I think it's a good example of that step-by-step process. You know, you start with this big, this is what I want to do this year, this theme. And then, you know, either you start with a blank sheet of paper and virtual or otherwise, and you start figuring out, you know, how do I do this? And or you start with what you're currently doing and decide what you're going to keep, what you're going to toss, and, you know, what you want to start doing that you haven't been. Because that's the other thing. I mean, because I think it's really important to look at what we're already doing to see if it supports this new theme. And if it doesn't, then maybe you stop doing it or you do it in a different way or you outsource it. Let's say it's it's somehow critical to your business, but not to this new direction, but you need to keep it going for a while. Maybe you outsource it so that you can really put your focus on the new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm laughing because one, one of the things that has come up with my workshops is like straight up, like I can't find my confirmation email type of stuff. You know, like workshops about to start, and people are like, "I paid for this three days ago, and I, I haven't gotten an email." I check my spam. I <laughs> stuff like that is that doesn't scale well. So, probably, probably there will be a point in time when I do need a VA for that. You know, if I had a thousand people in a workshop and I had one hundred and fifty of them sending me emails like that, it'd be like, "Oh man, oh my god, I'd have a yeah. bald patch on my head." Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, cool. Okay. Well, hopefully, I mean, I don't know if we need to have like a extended brainstorming session about what I'm, my tactics for the year, but (laughs) I mean, hopefully the idea is, is clear enough. Like we've talked about it enough so that, uh, folks could perhaps get some inspiration and say, Oh, maybe I will do this. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I have had an objective for a while, but I never picked a strategy and I'm just throwing tactics at the objective. And maybe I'm pulling myself in two different directions at once. And and maybe what I should do is come up with a strategy that automatically carves off a whole bunch of my to-do list because they don't make sense right now. Right. And then right. you can focus down because every, everybody's got, I don't care, you know, even Apple has like limited time, money, resources, and you got to decide how to deploy them, whether it's from a cost saving standpoint or an opportunity cost standpoint or whatever. You, it's just like one of those things you have to make a decision about how you're going to deploy your yeah. scarce resources and and doing a whole bunch of things that conflict with each other it feels like you're oh, i'm working so hard i'm so busy it's like yeah but you're you're just sort of <laughs> you're just driving in circles you know it's like really yeah. fast 
Yeah. And if you're at a plateau and you've been at that, an income plateau, and you've been at that plateau for a while and like nothing you do seems to punch through, that's when you need a new theme for the year and you need to shake up um, the tactics that you're using because something's not working Mm -hmm. and your job is to find out what that is. Yeah. Experiment, you know? Yeah. Come up with it. Absolutely. Yep. And it can't, you know, and I guess the last thing I'll say, we sort of mentioned it was like, you're not going to find, there's no such thing as a guaranteed strategy. It's always (laughs) a gamble. If it wasn't a gamble, then it's not, it's not a strategy. If it's not a gamble, it's not a strategy. So you're never going to get like, even like if, you know, I'm coaching someone or like, is this strategy going to work? Be like, that's an unanswerable question. If it's a good strategy, it can't be a hundred percent guaranteed to work. Right. It has I mean, you, to you look at the risk. odds, right? I mean, when you yeah. look at things, you, you think about what is the risk? What happens if this succeeds? What happens if it doesn't? Am I betting my house on this <laughs> or am I just betting, you know, two days of revenue? Like right. what, you know, it's really, it's a risk reward trade off. Then mm-hmm. it's not just money. It's also how you're going to work, how you're going to use your time. That's what yeah. we're always doing is we're doing, we're evaluating that risk reward trade off. Mm-hmm. Expected future value. Exactly. Yes. God, it sounds like finance class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, hopefully that was inspiring to someone. Um, if you have a strategy or a question about it, feel free to email us, or at least me. I'll raise my hand there. If you have a, if you have a, a oh, question like, is this a good absolutely. strategy? Okay, cool. So yeah. Yeah. Fire it across the bow and we're happy to be, happy to be a sounding board there. Cool. All right, folks. That's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for The Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.